Blog Talk Radio. Jean-Luc, Jordy Specs, mysteries on the holodecks, asteroids, triple droids, telepathic betazoids, transporter, deadly claw, visitor from L.A. law, photons, no Kirk, captain has gone berserk, shuttlecraft, console Troy, Dr. Crush's little boy, Klingon rights, parasites, new heights, phaser fights, Data's head, Tasha's dead, Wyke is hanging by a thread, celebration, transformations, everyone to battle stations. Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the world. With that theme song, that means it's time for another episode of Trek Talking and Beyond. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and with me as usual are my Trek experts. And uh, excuse me, we'll start off with uh, Charles. Charles is out in Las Vegas. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. It's been the strangest weather week we've had. We've gone from Saturday at 114, which is a record for September. Then we got our own little uh, smoke cloud coming through Sunday. Monday, major windstorm. And now we're sitting in the 80s. And we'll eventually get back to hundreds by the weekend. Well, I'll tell you what. It's absolutely, it's a beautiful fall day here in Vermont, mid-70s. Nice breeze. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's going to be a great day, great weekend to be up at camp. And I also want to introduce to you my other Trek spurt, Eric. And Eric is out in Portland. How you doing tonight, Eric? I am doing okay. Unfortunately, we in Portland are under a thick cloud of fire smoke right now. So um, uh, shout out to all the folks in Oregon and California dealing with all the various fires around here. We have one pretty close to town here, uh, which has really covered the city. So the air quality is pretty crummy right now. I'm hunkered down in my basement uh, ready to avoid the weather and talk about uh, Star Trek instead. <laughs> and boy, do we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Happy Star Trek Day to everybody. Mm-hmm. A little bit late, but we got a lot of news, and hopefully you guys all are subscribers to CBS All Access. I hope you are, uh, because all the panels, uh, the trailers, everything they showed us on Star Trek Day are all available on CBS All Access that you can watch at your leisure. So head on over there and check it out. Um, Also, we'd like to ask you guys to help us financially, if possible. I understand with COVID and this situation, everybody has it financially strapped, and I understand that. But all we're asking for is a dollar. If you head on over to patreon.com backslash Trek Talking, we have several different tiers over there, but really, We have so many fans. We have over 20,000 followers on Facebook, 26,000 people on uh, Blog Talk Radio. So really, all we really need is a dollar from a a bunch of you to keep these phone lines open and keep this two-way communication open because I think that's the thing that sets our podcast others, and that is that the three of us aren't just talking heads. We are live. If AJ jumps on my head right now and rips off my headset, you're going to hear it. My dog comes in and starts barking. You're going to hear it. 
Um, there's no editing. It's live. In fact, last week, AJ jumped on my head and grabbed my headset. So we're live. And uh, we like to stay that way and interact with you guys. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433, and we'd like to keep that open. So if you can, please head over to patreon.com backslash trektalking and drop a dollar in the till. We really, really appreciate it. And please head on over to Facebook. And follow us over there so you don't miss any of the fun. It's a Trek Talking and Beyond, all spelled out. And head on over to Facebook and follow us over there. So we have a really great show. We're going to talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds. We're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 3. We're going to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks. We're going to talk about a lot of Star Trek. So you don't want to miss it. You want to hang out. And, of course, we're going to wrap up the show with a review of the brand-new Star Trek Lower Decks episode, which just aired today. Uh, What's the name of that episode? I should know this. Um, uh, uh, Oh, God. Anybody help me out here? Um, Uh, It is called... uh, Terminal Provocation. Terminal Terminal Provocation. Yeah, that's the name of it. Terminal Provocation. So we're going to talk about that at the end of the show, so you guys got time to... Settle in, grab a pizza, get something to drink, and enjoy the show. So at this point, we're going to start off with going around the globe with our numbers. And for that, we turn the show over to Eric. So take it away, Eric. Well, this week we have 77% of our listeners coming from the United States. But in our number one international slot, we still have Holden Strong, Australia, with 3.83% of our listeners, down just a skosh from last week. In the number two spot, we have somebody new. The U.K. has surged up to 3.74%, and they are our new number two international listener, uh, which is pretty cool. Thank you very much, folks in the U.K. I wonder what's going on with the uh, intergalactic officers of evil these days. Hmm. Well, in our, number three sp- <laughs> in our number three spot, we have Ireland, who has dropped a little bit down to 3.69%. Canada is still sticking in there, but... but uh, Fizzling just a little 2.28% in our number four spot. And in our number five spot, hold and steady our Scandinavian brothers and sisters from Norway with 2.12% of our listeners. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate every single one of you that listens live and downloads our podcast. Um, you know, we just like to sit here and chat about Star Trek, and it's cool to have you all along for the ride. So thank you very much to people all around the globe. And now, yeah, yeah, I think and- it's time for our. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, now we like to pay particular attention to individual fans around the globe, and that's where we do our fan shout-outs. And what we do is you can go to our Facebook page, and you'll see the Welcome to Truck Talking, and uh, we ask you, where are you from? And, you know, the fans tell us where they're from, and we pick 15 lucky fans every week and give them a personal shout-out on the show. So that's what we're going to do, and we're going to start off with Eric. Our first shout-out this week goes to Corinne Muller from Amboise, France. We also would like to say hello to Richard Wallet from Annapolis Van in Valley in Nova Scotia. Uh, hello to Ruth Soden uh, from Al-Kabar in Saudi Arabia. Also hello to Marion McGreal in Qatar in the Middle East. And hello to Werner Nealon in Hish in the Netherlands. Charles, take it away. 
We got Julie Designer from Southwest Suburb of Chicago, Illinois. Kathy Embry from South Oregon, USA. Dave Leak from Northwest England. Michael York from Crimson, New Jersey. And Alan Dayul from Toronto, Canada. And Jim, finish us off. And wrapping up our fan shout-out to some of our favorite people around the globe, uh, we'd like to say hello and thank you to John Hulbrick, Jr., uh, who's in Oswego, New York. Live long and prosper. Nancy Drew, not that Nancy Drew, this Nancy Drew, on top of a mountain in Jefferson, North Carolina. Melanie Scott from, hello, from Frankfurt, Germany. Matt Crooks says hello from Ipswich, Suffolk, UK. And finally, Craig Chitty from Sydney, Australia. Thank you to each and every one of you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to hear your name on the show, just head over to our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond. Let us know where you're from. If you see a little heart next to your name, that means I picked your name and you'll be on the show. So just keep a lookout for the little heart. That means you're going to be on the show. And with that, we get to our Star Trek birthdays, which means we have to sing happy birthday to Mr. Worf. That was not a Klingon song. No, and you know what? Worf says that every week. Every week he says it's not a Klingon song, and every week we don't care. So we play it anyways. So with that, we're going to turn it over to Eric, who always starts off our birthdays for us. Eric? Yeah, this week we'll start with our remembrances of uh, Trek folks who are no longer with us, but who would have had birthdays this week. Uh, Our first remembrance is for Ray and Alice Andres this week, who were the twins that played all of the Alice's in the 2S uh, episode, I Mud. Um, so great job in that episode. I think it sticks out as one of those uh, classic Harry Mud episodes, and I think the Alice character was uh, essential in that. So happy birthday to uh, Ray and Alice. Also, uh, happy birthday to Bruce Gray, who uh, we saw a few different times. Uh, he played uh, Admiral Chicote, uh, who is different from, of course, the character Chicote in DS9. Uh, he also uh, played uh, uh, or was in the TNG episode The Gambit Part One, and probably the one that he's the most famous for, at least in terms of my familiarity with him, was he played Surak uh, in the Enterprise trilogy uh, Awakening uh, and the Forges Part One and Two just a really great character and was able to flush out that Surat character. And um, I think I'll always remember that for sure. Um, also happy birthday this week to Nick Ramus, who's no longer with us. Uh, he was a helmsman on the USS Saratoga in Star Trek four. Uh, also happy birthday to, to Keon Young, who played Buck Bokai in the DS nine episode, if wishes were horses and also played Hoshi's father in the Enterprise episode, The Vanishing. Um, So happy birthday to Keon. Um, Happy birthday to Brian Morrow, who uh, once played Admiral Komak in the TOS episode, Amok Time. Also another Admiral in the TOS episode, For the World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky. 
he was actually, interestingly, the first admiral to appear on TOS. So um, he and he actually wasn't a, a completely insane one. So that's kind of uh, an interesting fact. So happy birthday to Brian Morrow. Happy birthday to Richard Webb, who played Benjamin Finney in the TOS episode Court Martial, um, which I just love that episode. That is honestly one of my favorite episodes of TOS. And, um, you know, him as the Inquisitor there was just fantastic. And then finally, uh, one more remembrance this week for Robert Wise, who, uh, of course, was not an actor, but uh, was the Academy Award-winning director of Star Trek The Motion Picture. And I think all of us on the show have uh, extolled our various uh, illustrious, uh, you know, love of uh, The Motion Picture uh, we've been able to see it on the on the big screen more recently, thanks to its run in local movie theaters. And I would say, um, to me, that movie helped define a whole generation of sci-fi movies. Um, I love I love its slow pace. I just think that works great. Um, I think it works for the story really well. So, happy birthday to Robert Wise. I don't know what do you guys what do you guys want to say about Robert Wise and Star Trek: The Motion Picture? Klingons. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that scene. You know, that scene. Ugh, so Star good. Trek, the motion picture introduced the Klingon theme, which even today is, is an incredibly awesome uh, song. In fact, Charles sent me a heavy metal version of that song, which is really yeah. awesome as well. Uh, the Klingons actually took a step closer to what Gene Roddenberry originally wanted them to look like. If you guys can pick up a copy of the Star Trek, the motion picture sketchbook. You will see a picture in there of what Gene Roddenberry wanted the Klingon to look like very alien. And oddly enough, very similar to what we have on discovery. And even, even in 1979, when they made the motion picture, they didn't quite have the technology or the ability to make the Klingons look like they wanted. So we got what I call the spine heads played by Mark Leonard, of course, incredible and they got their own language another huge step forward for klingons and let's not forget the klingon battle cruisers they got a huge upgrade as well and that opening sequence is phenomenal and actually we had um what was that guy's name we had that guy on the show that actually worked on the special effects for that sequence and i can't remember his name right now oh gosh um Man, oh man, am I getting old and senile? Uh, anyway, um, I ran into him up at Trek Conderoga a couple of years ago, and you know how I am about the motion picture and Klingons. I talked to him for an hour about it, and I said, "You got to come on our podcast." So he came on the show and told us all about how they they made all those special effects for the Klingon battle cruiser. It was fascinating, and I can't remember his name. Oh my god! Well, anyways, yeah. Star Trek, the motion picture. I love it. One of my favorite Star Trek movies. So, so good. Charles. So that, yeah, that ties up our remembrances. So Charles continue on with the folks who are still with us. Okay. This one rather fits perfectly for us. Is Patty. Yes. To take some CNG. Nurse Allison Ogawa which mm-hmm. we first met in Lower Deck. 
He was one of the mm-hmm. characters in Howard Decks and was one of the only characters we actually got to see later. Yep. And Ashley is one of only two kind of Asian women who are featured prior to Giorgio in the old Star Treks. And I've heard a lot of women say that she was a real inspiration to them. So great job with that character. Yeah. Harry Treadway, who played Merrick in the Picard series. Oh, and this one. All right. Let me just say we saw him a lot in makeup. (laughs) Yeah. Before you mention this guy's name, I couldn't, I, I could not list every character that he's played on Star Trek. There's too many, so I just listed two of the of the most memorable ones that pop into my mind. But to tell our listeners his name, I'm sure everybody when you hear his name you're going to have your favorite because well, he has played many, many characters on many different Star Trek. Well, let me just say, he played a character named Sharon in Enterprise, Wei Yun in DS9, and fans would love to have him as a doctor in Strange New World, but of course, Jeffrey Combs. Yes. Yeah, he's one of those fan favorites favorites that has played, uh, uh, like you said, Jim, almost too many, um, you know, too many many characters to to, to talk about. I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, Shran is really the one that sticks out because we didn't really have any development of um, Andorian culture or what they were like before we got Shran. And honestly, his relationship with Archer throughout all of Enterprise is one of my favorite um, kind of duos in all of Star Trek. I just think they did a great job. And then, of course, in DS9, when he played Wei Yun, you know, he got to play that kind of this, this clone character who was in some ways just a puppet, but also kind of in charge uh, all the time. Yeah. Um, so that, so like what an, what an interesting um, – you know, just couple of characters that he that he played in Star Trek. So he he would be cool. I think people are talking about him as the Doctor simply because he kind of looks like him. Um, yeah, I think that would be interesting, though. I mean, I don't I don't see why not. I think that would be uh, yeah. you know a good thing to bring up. And then you know the other one that I that I just think of is he he played a Ferengi too. I think he played um, uh, what was that guy's Brunt. name? Was it Brunt? Yeah, he played Brunt. Brunt. Right. Who who. <laughs> Who, of course, threw the wrench in uh, Quark's uh, works, you know, and some of those episodes were just fantastic. So, happy birthday, Jeffrey Combs. And then yeah. one Jim gave me that we had to go through and kind of talk to fans about this one, of being nice to people. But I would say somebody who's been instrumental in getting Star Trek on CBS All Access and giving us so much streaming Star Trek. But Alex Kurtzman. Yes. Alex Kurtzman. Great and, job of getting us Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I knew when I, when I put up his birthday, I had to put a preface on it because I, because there's certain, um, there's certain things that touch off certain part, parts of the fandom. And I knew I couldn't skip over his birthday because I think it's an important one to mention. But I knew when I did it that people were going to start, and they did. 
And so we had to put a, a precursor up there to, to keep it civil, no attacks. And that was a tough one to handle, but we handled it. I think we handled it well. And happy mm-hmm. birthday to Alex Kurtzman. He, he's the father of the Star Trek universe as we know it today. So happy birthday to yeah. Alex Kurtzman. So. Yeah, why don't you and, finish uh, us off? And definitely I like your first choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you guys, Eric always gets the remembrances, which was a lot. And then I split the rest of them up between me and Charles. We each got four this week. So um, the first one is Corbin Burnson, and he played Q2 in the TNG episode Deja Q, the first time we see another Q besides Q yeah. on Star Trek. So that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Oh, I, I remember that very and if you were, Do you ever want to see, I think it's on YouTube, go look for the the uh, Q panel from, I believe, Star Trek Las Vegas last year. You had Q and Q2 both on stage. Those who play off each other very well. And, you know, there's actually an indirect connection between that episode and something I'm going to talk about tonight uh, related to the burn as well. So let's bring up Corbin again later because I've got I've got some interesting uh, thoughts in that regard. The burn. Burn, baby, burn. Yep, the, uh, the burn. We wanna... fact, somebody I just mentioned we'll be talking about later also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a really busy show for you guys. We might go over a little bit tonight, but we have a lot to talk about. We've got some callers on the line that I'm going to get to uh, in just a minute or two. So just hang on there, guys. We'll be right with you. Um, the next birthday, I always take the Klingons. We have Charles Esten, who played Divock in the TNG episode, Rightful Air. He's the guy that was with Worf when uh, K-Less showed up. Mm-hmm. So happy birthday to Charles. Um Susan Gibney, whose birthday is today, who played Leia Brahms in the TNG episode Galaxy's Child and Booby Trap. Actually, Booby Trap, she was a hologram, and Galaxy's Child, she was the real one. And if you guys remember, the real one did not act anything like the hologram did to Jordy. So Uh happy birthday. She also played Commander Erica Benteen in the DS9 episode Paradise Lost. Uh, uh-huh. That was the interesting one where the Defiant went back to Earth because they thought there were changelings on Earth. And she was in command of an Excelsior-class starship. And she was ordered to fire upon the Defiant. Did she? Did she fire on on the Defiant or didn't she? I, I don't I don't want to give out any spoilers about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you'll have to go watch the episode, Paradise Lost, to find out She's the one answer of those- to that. She's one of those surprise characters that actually has an attack wing card, too, believe it or not. Does she really? She wow. really does, yeah, yeah, from that ship that she was on, yeah. Wow, okay, well, there you have it. And finally, go. the last one is is Idris Elba, who played Crawl in Star Trek Beyond. And uh, he, he's been in, uh, oh, he was, been in, he was in Alien Prometheus. Uh, he's been in, oh, just a bunch of stuff. But we're here talking about Star Trek. And uh, so Star Trek Beyond, so happy birthday. And that pretty much wraps up our birthdays, actually. And uh, we have to take our first commercial break for our listeners at Odyssey Radio. And when we come back, we have Star Trek news to dive into. So don't stray too far. Don't wander away. Don't touch that dial because we've got some callers on the line and we want to get to them. If you guys want to call, the phone number here is 646-668-2433. 
give us a call. We'll be around for about the next oh, hour and a half or so. But first, we've got to listen to this quick, very important message from Jamie. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Jamie from Check Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best sci-fi-themed podcast. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and sci-fi-themed content. Call 646-668-2433, Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Coast Time. We can't wait to hear from you. Live long and prosper. And we're back. And let's see who we have on the line here. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hi, my name's David and I'm calling from Portland. David. Hey, David. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. Just a lot of smoke in the air right now. Mm -hmm. Hey, did, did you have a happy Star Trek day? Yeah, it was pretty fun. A lot of great stuff we're going to talk about tonight, matter of fact. And uh, there's another caller on the line here. Let's see who Let's see who we have here, if I can get this thing to answer. <laughs> Come on, there we go. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? This is Shannon. I'm calling from Kentucky. Shannon. Shannon. <laughs> it's always great to hear from Shannon. Uh, we got the whole awesome. gang in the, in the house tonight. Excellent. Woo-hoo. So this is where we do Star Trek news and uh, live from our desk at Trek Talking and Beyond, Federation headquarters, Star Trek, Star Trek, news, news, news. (laughs) Yeah. So. It gets better every time. It does. We just keep improving on it. Uh, Season one of Star Trek Discovery is going to be on CBS broadcast. Check your local stations september 24th at 10 9 central they're going to start playing season one in its entirety when season one wraps up if you want to see what's going on you'll have to switch over and subscribe to cbs all access because season one is going to end when season three begins on cbs all access so for everybody that missed season one you can now watch it for free also, The Mandalorian Season 2 starts on October 30th. We will be covering those episodes right here on Trek Talk. And we'll be doing Discovery and we'll be doing The Mandalorian. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You guys want to hang out and check that out for sure. So the first thing I want to talk to you guys about tonight was Star Trek Day. Man, did they have so much stuff going on. But one of the things I want to talk about, my personal favorite, is Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. You asked. We listened. It's happening. Wow, I'm so glad I finally get to share this news with you guys. Speaking just for myself, I have never received more love from a fan base than I have from the Star Trek family. Without you, this wouldn't be happening. So thank you so much. I can't wait to put on that gold Starfleet uniform and deliver number one right along Captain Pike and Spock. It is a huge honor. And it means even more for us to be able to announce this right now at a time when so much of the planet is hurting. The ethos of Star Trek is so curious and welcoming and unifying. And we're going to get to work on a classic Star Trek show 
that deals with optimism and the future. Here we go. I can't wait. And I guess there's only one more thing to say. Hit it. I just get goosebumps. I love Anson Mount. He's the man, Uh which is why I took this particular panel. Uh, Well, before I say, I should mention, spoiler alert, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of spoilers, so if you don't want to know, uh, you know, then, then, then go away. But it, if you didn't want to know, you wouldn't be here. Also, all the stories that we talk about in our Star Trek news section are, are clips that I took out of articles. You guys can go to our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond, and read the articles in their entirety if you're interested. If you hear something that piques your interest and you want to know more, head over to our Facebook page and you can read the entire article. So as I said, this first, this first article here was about the Strange New Worlds uh, panel. Uh, they couldn't say much about what the series would be about, but they did drop some hints. Uh, Meyer said that everyone involved really wanted to do classic Star Trek in the way that it was originally told. Accordingly, he says that the series will be better resemble the original series and that it'll be more episodic and that means that it'll be about spaceships and the crew going out and visiting strange new worlds, and that we'll see new aliens, new ships, and new culture. So that's going to follow um, TOS. Um, that said, he notes that audiences have changed since the 1960s. If Kirk falls in love and his love life dies in one week, the next week he's going to still feel it, Myers explained. We wanted to bring a modern character sensibility to the classic episodic storytelling, and and I think that's something that's been missing from Star Trek for a very long time. So I'm glad that they're going to address that. Um, After the end of Discovery's second season, um, Anson Mount, uh, Peck, and Rebecca Romaine noted that they weren't totally sure that they'd see their characters again, but that Alex Kurtzman had been talking about doing some short Treks episodes. And, of course, we know they did three. And I think that doing those three was pretty much the tipping stone to giving us strange new worlds. So uh, okay. uh, Mount noted that in Discovery, Pike learned about his future and the circumstances surrounding his death. The most honest thing I can say is that I'm still figuring it out, he explained, and that he's going to have to figure out the circumstances and how to move forward with that knowledge. Ethan Peck explained that Discovery showed off a younger version of Spock, and he's excited to see where he'll be able to take that character to find the balance between logic and emotions for the character to get him to the iconic character that we're all more familiar with. For her part, Rebecca Romaine noted that while she's excited, uh, or while she existed in the original plot, number one has never been fully explored in the series. I can't wait to find out how vast her skill set is, she explained, and explore her backstory, which she's very excited about, as am I, I think, and most fans. And uh, finally, the series will be a bit more episodic with character arcs, while there will be also a bit serialization to it. Uh, They get to play with all the elements of Star Trek, but also recognize that it's a show in which we've been aware of the characters and the stories but that they can play with it and push it forward. Individual episodes will be one-off stories, but they'll be focusing on character arcs that extend over the episodes in a more serialized fashion. There will be one plot line that will be reoccurring and which will set up later episodes. So that's 
That's the article. Um, what I take out of that is that it's, it's exactly what we've been talking about for the longest time now, is that it's not going to be straight episodes. It's not going to be a completely serialized like Discovery, but it's going to be a combination, a hybrid of, of that, which I think is absolutely perfect. And the part that I find interesting is at the end here where they say there will be one plot point that will be reoccurring and which will set up the later episodes. That sounds really serialized to me. But yeah, I, uh, what do you guys think? I've come to think of this as uh, episodic with consequences. You know, <laughs> they, they recognize yeah. that the audience is a little bit more sophisticated and you're right. You know, if uh, Shauna is the love of your life one week and she dies uh, in that episode, then next week Kirk should be pretty broke down about it. So um, I think that's awesome. I love it that it's episodic with consequences. That just feels like a good mix <laughs> to me. What do you think, Shannon? Well, I think it's good. Well, I think it's good because it felt like the characters didn't really grow as much in the original because they were because it was one off every episode. It felt like they were almost the same at the end as the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think the I yeah. think the article expresses that that, that audience mm-hmm. is a little bit more sophisticated. And I'm not knocking uh, TOS, so don't start sending no, me email. No, um, <laughs> I'm just saying that they wrote different in the 60s than they do in 2020. That's, well, that's all I well, mean yes, by that. Because I would hope one thing that's different now is misogyny will be gone. That was so mm-hmm. prevalent at the time because it's really hard to watch now to me. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it there is. are particular it episodes and different. scenes that are pretty intense. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have we don't have female characters running around half naked through the whole episode where Captain uh, Kirk <laughs> is chasing them down for the woman of the week. So... And all the way till the end of season three, not to belabor the point, but all the way till the end of season three, we are, we still find out that for some reason, women are not allowed to be captains. I don't know why, well, but, but they mentioned well, it. That, <laughs> that last episode is the one that, that was my least favorite. So that, because oh, no. it, when he had to act hysterical to play a woman, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> and, okay, anyway, sorry. Well, what's funny, <laughs> They mentioned that, but that's not totally true because we saw uh, Captain Hernandez uh, of the USS Columbia on Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, yeah. Captain Giorgio later. I mean, yeah. There's plot points that don't match? Come on. Yeah. (laughs) I I know. Figure that out. I mean, so, but, yeah, I, I think that. I think that Strange New World, I think, is going to be a huge – I'm not – again, I'm not knocking any of the other Star Trek shows, I know, but okay. I think they they started something – they kind of started doing this with Deep Space Nine. They had the, they had the Dominion War running through the entire series, and, okay. you know, things that happened had repercussions on things that happened later. And I think they started it with Deep Space Nine, and I think they're going to perfect it with Strange New World. And I think this is going to end up being probably – one of fans' favorite shows once it actually, in 2022, when we actually get to see well, it. <laughs> I think it people are going to like it. How can it not be your favorite? Mm-hmm. I, I, tell me about it, Shannon. Answer, tell me the man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's the bomb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> David, are you looking forward to Strange New Worlds? What do you think about this? Oh, yeah. Um, I said from 
when I first called way back then, uh, I I was actually really excited about this show because when I heard that they were going to be bringing back the episodic stuff like they did in the TOS, I was like, oh, finally. <laughs> and just like any other, uh, the other, uh, I mean, they probably came close to it with like a couple of seasons, but then they brought in the Zindi arc, and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool, but, you know, it's not like the episodic from all the originals, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Enterprise had potential, but I don't know. They, I don't know. They 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 did what they did. Charles, you get to bring up the caboose on this one. Charles, what do you think about Strange New Worlds? You looking forward to it? Uh, you like Anson Mal? Oh, uh, love Anson Mal, but I I agree with some storylines. I'd like to get a lot of detail on number one. Mm-hmm. Um, the head of security. And the one with the breathing device. None. None. Yeah, none. Oh. I'd like to get. I, I want to get more detail in some of these characters. Believe me, I'm getting some details on Enterprise War. So it's like, yeah, I still want more of these characters. Well, one of the things that was teased during the panel was that Rebecca Romaine actually said that she had been approached with a pretty exciting backstory for number one. And so I'm hoping that they're going to actually integrate that into the show. And in fact, another point that they brought up, which was kind of funny, is that if you count the cage as kind of like the uh, the pilot <laughs> for, for Strange New Worlds, <laughs> then it's the, you know, there's 54 years or whatever between the pilot and when the series was actually picked up. <laughs> now, I know that you guys all know this, but there might be some people out there that don't because it's a good segue here, but we all know who Rebecca Romaine is married to, correct? Mm. Uh, yeah. The sliders guy. So that, <laughs> the sliders yeah. guy, that's right. <laughs> so there's two number ones in that household, which is interesting. Yep. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, and for yeah, anybody, and for anybody who doesn't know, it's Ransom. It's Ransom from Lower Decks. That's who Gary O'Connell. Yeah. Gary O'Connell. Is, yeah, yeah, Gary O'Connell, the, the sliders guy. He slid into yep. Star Trek, and he plays Ransom, and he's married to Rebecca Romaine, who plays number one on uh, Star Trek Strange New World. So there, there is a connection there, actually, which is pretty, 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 pretty cool. But at any rate, I... I'm really look. I wonder if we're going to see Science Officer Connolly on Strange New World, the one that was mans- mansplaining about MREF and when he got splattered on the side of an asteroid. Yeah, I, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the doctor uh, from the cage uh, show up. You know, we were talking a little bit about him in yeah. uh, in, in respect to Jeffrey play him. So. Doctor, yeah, uh, we we so we we got a lot. So, with this point, there's another uh, interesting thing that happened. They they uh, they dropped a trailer on us for the panel on Strange New World. I'm, I'm sorry, I got Anson Mount on the brain. You see what happens when I talk about him for Lower Deck. And they had a Lower Deck yeah. panel, and they dropped the mid season trailer on us. And I'm going to play that for you guys right now.
never fails to take my breath away. I wish I could kiss her and squeeze her. Excuse me? Uh, the Cerritos is a handsome lady. You're damn right about that. Warp me! <laughs> I updated the dog. It just looks like a normal dog. Go! <gasps> Wake me up if it turns into something I need to care about. Looks like we'll have to repel them the old-fashioned way. Setting my fists to stun and my kicks to kill. <laughs> you just instigate chaos. Helpful character-building chaos. I work with my bestest friend. Look at this new button. Sexy mode. Mm. Don't mind if I do. I would never put anyone in danger. Mariner, ah. ah. in case we don't make it, Ooh. we're making it. Ah. Voila! Anyway... All right, so before I turn <laughs> this part of the show over to Charles, there's two things I want to mention to you guys. First of all, did you notice the music they played in the beginning of that trailer? It wasn't the Laura oh, Dex theme. Oh, yeah. Another nope. more yeah. familiar yeah. theme. I actually thought it was a mistake and, on their part. <laughs> if, you paid, if you paid attention and if you happen to see our brand-new banner on our Facebook page, you would have heard a very familiar, very familiar voice at the very end of that trailer. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Charles for our next article. Take it away, Charles. Okay. I'm not even going to talk on the article directly. I'm going to read about some of the stuff that we learned from the panel. And some of this stuff was interesting. When they were when Lower Deck was first recording, which was February, these guys were in studio. When March hit, they had to create own studios to do all their voice work. In fact, Zach Quaid talks about it in both the both the panel. And the uh, and the show that was today, I can't think of his name. Ready Room. He actually, actually, Ready Room. You actually get to see his recording studio. His recording studio is his closet. But these <laughs> guys, some of them were literally working out of their closet. Tawny Newsom had just built a new house. And was doing a recording studio and and our a multi-use room. It turned into her recording studio. The music was not the music. They recorded the soundtrack, all those songs, one instrument at a time. They sound mixed all the voices together. They sound mixed all the music. They really did some hard work because this show was actually not supposed to come out as fast as it did. In fact, go watch Ready Room. You actually get to see how an episode is created. I got to about a half of Ready Room this morning. That was a great interview. But then we find out they gave us sneak peeks. They started talking about some of the comedians that we've seen on there. We've seen Boimler's girlfriend. We've seen the uh, guy that wants to move on in life and some of the other characters. 
They mentioned one that we're going to have a uh, a Reginald Barkley type character that we'll be talking about. Then I mentioned Kerwood Smith is going to play an alien character by the name Claire. Kurtwood Smith is better known as the president of the Federation in Star Trek VI, Undiscovered Country. He's going to play a new character in there. But they dropped the bombshell when they said, we are going to bring back a popular TNG DS9 Voyager character. Yay! Played not only by John Delancey as Q. It will not be a major, he will not be a major character, but in the five season finale, Q will appear in the episode. (laughs) And they say a lot of fans, unless you know about it, you'll pop up and you'll pop in there and it's going to be the Trekkies. They're going to be like, that's Q. But they said, they just figured Q's got to fit into every series. Let's go ahead and just get John Delancey to come in and do it. So we've got some great episodes coming in to, to our season, to do the second half of the first season. And I think they did a great job with those interviews. Got to go see the panel, got to go see Ready Room. And something else they said on the Ready Room as well is that they already have season two in the can. All the episodes have been written. Yep. And uh, so yeah. season two uh, is on they've its been, way already. They've been sitting with Zoom meetings as they've been sitting there getting all the editing done. They've been sitting in Zoom meetings writing the next season. Wow. And I have a, I have a feeling that oh. with um, – with, with this COVID thing and the delay of Picard and the delay of, of Strange New Worlds and the big Section delay in Section 31, I have a feeling that we're going to see Lower Deck Season 2 before we see anything new after Discovery ends. So, unless they throw some more oh. short treks at us. I'll throw a couple of one-liners that were funny in there. If you remember Episode 2, and we see Beck, uh, Mariner and Boimer in their underwear. When Jack was watching that with his girlfriend, the girlfriend sat there and said, boy, they got the body parts just right. <laughs> and he texted Tawny about that. And Tawny's other half made the comment, oh, you got an upgrade. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but that was just—you gotta go see the panel just to get yeah. some comments. Yeah. Well, the, y'all, the did y'all notice they, they mentioned the Star Trek Day? Were really good. Sorry. Yeah. Did y'all um, notice they mentioned uh, Q in tonight's episode? Uh, yes, yes, they mentioned they him did. at least twice that I heard of, maybe mm-hmm. even three times. Yep. yep. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that's a setup for something that might happen later. Hmm. Well, he's definitely he's definitely somebody who everybody talks about quite a bit. So I think he's, uh, you know, he's just going to show up as a uh, as a phenomenon all over the place. 
whether he actually <laughs> is in a show or not. <laughs> we'll just and limit on I, I like how they're, right. like they're going to have him wearing the robes that he wore when we first see him on TNG. I thought that was pretty cool, too. That was nice. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because that's the classic cue is, is the judge in the robe. Yeah. I mean, yep. he, oh, yeah. he could be anything he wants, but uh, the judge in the robes, I think, is the classic cue. David, what do you think about Q showing up on Lower Decks? Are, are you for it, against it? What, what do you think? Oh, um, I'm actually surprised he actually uh, made an appearance, um, and I actually kind of want to see more of him. <laughs> you, you know, I wonder if this could be a setup for him showing up in other places. Maybe, uh-huh. yeah, because there was a early production photo from Picard where it appeared that we saw a red gloved hand and a red robe standing in the corner, which could have been John Delancey as the judge. We, we, we don't know, but uh, you know, maybe he'll show up on Picard. That wouldn't surprise me if he did. But, well, he can't show up in Discovery know. because that's a prequel and we would have heard about him already. Mm-hmm. Right. And, he, and he, he can't show up on Section 31. He can't show up on Strange New Worlds. You know, he, no, he, he could can't show up on, show up on Enterprise. Because, because, because we don't know anything about what goes on on their ships. But he could show up there. Oh, that's true. Giorgio could keep it a total secret. Of course. Yeah. yeah. He could do that. She's half cute. Very, very good. Well, I was thinking, she's, you know, she's she's probably his match. She could probably kick his ass. So, I you know what I I would love to see that fight. I mean, we got to see Cisco punch Q, so why not get to see yep. Giorgio kick him? Oh in the head? my goodness, you guys! <laughs> Whatever happened to the mirror universe version of a Q? Ah, I mean, he's very oh. passive and does things for the good of his people. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that's he's actually he's actually nice on the other side, <laughs> right? Yep. Well, I'm wondering if Q is the same Q everywhere because Q's, Q isn't affected by space and time. So it would uh, it'd be the same Q everywhere, right? Well, but there's different Qs. There, there, there yeah. wouldn't be a mirror Q like with a, with a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he felt like having a goatee. Unless he felt right. yeah, like yeah, actually. One. He keeps one of these days, I think, most of the time, actually. The actor does. Yeah, John Delancey has one, so he could easily show up as a mirror version sporting a goatee. <laughs> I think we just went down a really big rabbit hole. Yeah, I think but we you know need what's to interesting? climb out of this one while we still can. Well, no, I, I, brought, I segued it for a reason because our okay, next sorry. comic corner we're going to be talking about um, is going to ah. be a mirror hell which is oh. going to be the mirror version of Khan. And oh. I haven't oh. I haven't looked at the – does Khan have a goatee? I didn't look yet. No. I have to pick my book up from TJ on Friday. <laughs> does, does Mirror Khan have a little goatee going on? No goatee. But Mirror Spock's in No there, goatee, so okay. You get your fill of goatees. Okay. So, the, so we got a half a goatee. That's good. So that's why I mentioned <laughs> it, guys. But at any rate, 
Uh, we've talked about Strange New Worlds. We've talked a little bit about Lower Decks. Uh, there's one more big thing we got to talk about. Star Trek Discovery, they dropped the trailer on us. Dun, 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 dun. So when we come back for a very quick commercial break for our friends over at Odyssey Radio, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to hear from our good friend GM Chris. We always have a chair warm for GM Chris anytime he can make it. When we come back from hearing this very quick, very important message from GM Chris, we are going to play for you guys the Star Trek Discovery Season 3 trailer and we're going to dive in we got all kinds of great star trek discovery stuff to talk about we'll start off with eric but first we have to take this quick commercial break from gm chris don't touch that dial this is chris from trek talking and beyond here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction themed podcast on the internet our elite team of trek experts are here to discuss star trek and other sci-fi related content and we want to hear from you dial 646 668-2433 on Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. on East Coast time. Hailing frequencies are always open and we'll get you on the air to share your opinions. We have faith. You will call. (laughs) Yes, we do. And please do call. 646-668-2433 is the number and we would love to hear from you. You can join Shannon and David right now live on the air. So give us a call. 646-668-2433. Tell us what you think about Strange New Worlds. Tell us what you think about Lower Deck. Tell us what you think about Star Trek Discovery. We're about to talk about it. Here it is, the trailer for Star Trek Discovery Season 3. Let's show them who we are. We traveled into the future. 930 years. A one-way trip. No going back. Order for Discovery, come in. Discovery, did you copy? You have reached year 3188. Is there life here? Anywhere? Multiple life signs detected. completely disconnected, but we are also together. You know, from around these parts, the Federation mostly collapsed. After the burn. What's the burn? The burn was the day the galaxy took a hard left. The Federation isn't just about ships. The Federation is its people. I've always believed that you were out there somewhere, and that we were part of the Federation no matter what. Welcome to the future. Dysfunction aside, you all make a pretty good team. Dysfunction is the team. We've just accepted it. No, we haven't. <laughs> True believer. Yeah. Time traveler. There was no other way. The thing is, you got no authority here. Let's show them who we are. the resources and the mandate to solve the biggest, most troublesome problems in the galaxy. And I may question, and I may fear, because the problems often seem insurmountable, but haven't we always risen to meet them? We have work to do, but if things were easy... It wouldn't be worth it. (laughs) 
so the first thing I want to say is don't Yay. ever tell Giorgio she has no authority here because she'll kick your ass 15 <laughs> ways till Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Bear that. that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for that, I'm going to turn this part of the show over to Eric. Take it away, Eric. Oh, man. Well, they had a, just a fantastic uh, panel that we were able to watch on Star Trek Day, which was just a couple of days ago, September 8th, 54 years uh, since the first episode aired. And the Discovery panel was pretty cool. They had um, Alex Kurtzman and Michelle Paradise were there, and David Ahala, uh, who plays Cleveland Book Booker, uh, was also on the line. And it was a pretty good interview. I'm going to talk a little bit uh, about um, what Anthony Rapp said later uh, in terms of what uh, some of the themes of the, of the season will be. But, um, you know, there are so many great questions that were asked during this interview. They, um, you know, asked about kind of what some favorite moments were from the trailer and, and that sort of thing. Did you guys notice uh, before watching the panel the, the new Discovery logo? for season three that's different mm-hmm. from the season one and season two logo yeah that's on our facebook page you guys can check that out that's right that one's available and um you know one of the things that uh i think is probably the most interesting thing that's brought up that they kind of danced around a little bit but didn't really get into too much is what is the burn um we know right now that uh, Alex Kurtzman during uh, this particular panel said that the Federation was just as strong as ever. So, you know, unlike kind of, I think what we've always been assuming was that the, the Federation kind of broke down from within. And we've actually talked on this podcast about, oh gosh, did some of these things from card play into that and that sort of thing. No, now it seems that there actually was a cataclysmic event of some kind that, that caused something big to happen and everything's different now. So I have some cool theories. I don't know when we want to talk theories on the burn, but I want to talk <laughs> about those at some point. Cause, well, cause I got to... <laughs> well, let's see. We can talk about the burn after Charles uh, does his next, the next segment. Well, that sounds perfect. Let's do that then. <laughs> yeah. This is our discovery. This is our discovery segment. Cool. Uh, so, well, then let's talk about uh, the panel, a, c- a couple more things that they talked about on the panel, which I thought were pretty cool. Um, we found out that, uh, of course, in the trailer, we see a crashed discovery. And in the panel, they actually mentioned that one of the plot points that we're going to follow throughout the season is that they can't get the discovery airborne again, essentially, in the shape that it's in. So part of the season is going to be a search for whatever this thing is that they need to get the discovery back up in the air and back going. So there's a nice little kind of treasure hunt uh, buried within, I think, season three coming up. And they also talked a little bit about the new characters, Adira and Gray, um, which I thought was really cool. Uh, You all remember that uh, Adira is the new person that we are going to, uh, a lot of us who aren't used to it, we're going to have to start getting used to some new pronouns. Um, Uh They are a, they are a, they and there's also Gray, who's a trill. And they talk about how those two actually have a very special relationship in the season. And it seems like maybe they're going to make a connection and actually kind of be like, there's going to be a growth story there um, between those two, which I think is going to be pretty cool. They talked about the, um, you know, 
was the fact that trills have kind of multiple lifetimes a part of the decision to include a trill in season three? And um, and I think that Michelle said that that basically was was part of the decision. What they weren't able to hint at, which we're still conjecturing about, is whether or not we know any of these trills, whether or not we actually have met one of them before. And we talked on our quick trek the other day about uh, Charles' theory that maybe we'll see a Dax in the future. Maybe not, but could be cool. They also kind of finished out the, the panel with um, introducing us to the newest pet. Now, everybody fell in love, of course, with Picard's dog when Picard first came out. But now uh, we're going to meet Book's cat uh, named Grudge. <laughs> so if you are a cat now, lover... be careful, because is... last time when we talked about this on the quick trek, my cat AJ got real jealous and jumped on my head and tore off my headset. So where is well, he? Is he lurking around somewhere? <laughs> Apparently, Grudge is an 18-pound Maine Coon who measures 40 yep. inches tip to end of tail, um, so a pretty good-sized cat, and, uh, you know, it was fun. They talked a little bit about, um, I think the, the cat is a he, but it plays no, a she. No, the cat she. is a she. Well, no, I think the thing is, that, is, well, then they were using the wrong pronouns. Uh, well, the Booker says, the, sorry, the guy who plays, plays Booker says she, so I was going to go queen. with the cat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said yeah. saying that too. Like she's few, she's uh, right. But then all the pronouns used by the, but then all the pronouns used by the two trainers were he during the interview. So huh. I was confused about uh, whether it was a he or she. I assumed that it was actually a he cat playing a she cat. That was my <laughs> that was my assumption based on kind of uh, everything. So go back and watch it again. Let me t- let me see what you guys think about it. Uh, and then, so yeah, anyway, I just thought the panel was fantastic. There's, you should go watch it. There's a bunch more in there that we're not going to cover on the show right now that we're going to cover a little bit when Charles does his article. But um, we also have an article on our page uh, where Anthony Rapp was interviewed and he talks a little bit about how season three is going to deal with uh, the grief and consequences of jumping into the future. Um, careful not to reveal any spoilers, Anthony Rapp did talk about how season three will explore this theme of family. Quote, season three does delve into family dynamics, not just literal family. Obviously, we delved a lot into that with Burnham and Spock and their sibling relationship. But the family of the people who I would call, uh, this is Eric's side interjection, I would call chosen family. The family of the people who had to leave everything behind to go to the future. And it doesn't take that lightly. So often in genre shows, these crazy things like this happen, and then it's like you just wash your hands of it all, and you just move on, which is kind of what we were talking about earlier. They go, oh, you got zapped by lightning and have superpowers. Okay, great. But our showrunners have really taken seriously that it's an opportunity to explore the human part. Yeah, it's full of cool, fun ideas that are fun to contemplate, but it also lets you examine resilience and grief and adaptability and courage And how do you keep going in the face of all those things? He then went on to talk about where we will find Colbert and Stamets in season three. Quote, I won't say that there's the same kind of bumps. I think we've been through that now over the first two seasons and have earned the right to have things feel more subtle between them. As I was alluding to earlier, season three dealt very deeply with the sense of family and certainly Stamets' relationship with Colbert is a family dynamic that gets explored very, very richly in season three. So I was excited by that article because I think the best science fiction uh, is all about the relationships. It's all about the character interactions. 
Um, you know, it's your Michael Ashes, it's your Michael Spocks. Um, you know, way back to the beginning, it was your Kirk Spock McCoy. Um, so I'm excited to hear that they will be spending some more time on these themes of family, whether it's actual family by blood or whether it's chosen family, which is what all of these folks on the Discovery are with each other. What do you guys think? I want to see the game. Yeah. It sounds good, right? It sounds yeah. like a pretty good theme for the season. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna well, be good. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. There was a there was an interesting comment from the writer when they say, Well, what's one of your favorite scenes from the trailer? Mm-hmm. And she immediately writes there said when Burnham's when Burnham's computer said life signs, life forms found. But that's a big cheering point in that episode. So we we know that it actually worked. What they tried yep. at the end of season two to curtail control actually worked, and not all sentient life in the galaxy is dead. So, yeah, <laughs> you know the right and the writer said that it gave him chills every time she shot that scene, and he heard it like I think he said at least ten times. Yeah, I mean, I must yeah. admit, when I first watched the trailer, I mm-hmm. loved that part. I loved her yeah. reaction because we have seen Michael, right? Michael comes from, she grew up on Vulcan, guys. She, like, her whole deal is, like, trying to emulate Vulcan culture, trying to get into this whole, like, logical thing. And to see her be freed by being able to just explode with that kind of emotion, I just got the biggest smile on my face uh, when I saw that in the trailer. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I I think all that comes from dealing with Mr. Spock in, in season two as well. You know, well, I does. think Spock and Burnham learn from each other. Yes, mm-hmm. you know? yes, that's absolutely true. And, you know, Spock was able to uh, ironically, like, somehow learn a little bit of Burnham's logically side, logical <laughs> side to actually help him deal with his Vulcan side, which, like, is kind of a twist upon a twist, which I thought yeah. was really cool. Well, it's that whole <laughs> family theme again, right? They learn from each other. It is. And, you know, they uh, – so they asked David Ayala what, uh, what he felt about, you know, obviously joining the wider Trek community. And, you know, he said it, it feels very special. And I just – I always he, – he actually – I thought his comment was particularly um, interesting because it's probably how I would react. He said he actually – it gave him reservations. Uh, it was like such a big deal when he was cast as Booker that he, he almost was like, oh, man, can I – can I handle this? You know, can I actually do this? Can I, will I be accepted into the Trek lexicon? Um, So yeah, safe to say, I think he will be. (laughs) Yes. Well, for future reference, if Star Trek, any show wants a lawyer on, I will do it for free and I have no reservations. I'll jump right in that. There we go. Free lawyer. There you have it. So yeah, everyone oh. should go watch the Discovery panel. Um, you know, yeah. it's just those three folks, so not a not a lot of like interaction with the actors. We got a little bit more of that on the Strange New Worlds uh, for that show. Um, I wanted, so I personally was left wanting just a little bit more actor participation in the Discovery panel. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you compare the whole opportunity to even watch these panels to what happened, like Jim was saying, four years ago for the 50th anniversary. This mm-hmm. is light years ahead, so I'll take this. Yeah. I'll take this over that any old day. Yeah. Well, and Absolutely. Let's, let's take 
let's take obvious thanks to the, let's take obvious thanks to our two interviewers on uh, Star Trek Day. Mm-hmm. Will Wheaton and LaVar yeah. Burton's daughter. That was so sweet. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. cool. And she did a great she was job. Really good, actually. Yeah. It was interesting. The interviews were cut, so they were edited together to make them efficient. And, you know, there were a couple times when somebody was obviously saying something when no sound came out. So I think that actually makes them more interesting to watch because they just sort of get down into the meat and potatoes right away. So be aware when you watch them, they're, they're edited, but I think they're edited in such a way that it flows really well and you get the information that you're looking for. And uh, Charles, why don't you take us into our final story before we we run out of time here for this segment? All right. (laughs) Well, and let's talk a little bit about what season three of Discovery is going to be about. Al Kerman provides some more detail on the state of the UFP in season three. Obviously, the Federation's not where it was. And yet our characters enter into this time zone, timeline, and the whole season is about trying to bring it back. So you are in a world where everything, where it is very reflective of the world we live in now, and believe I believe very reflective for Gene or Roddenberry's essential vision on optimism. In the darkest times, we have to hold out that beacon of light to guide us back. The trailer refers to something called the burn, which was described as the day the galaxy took a left turn. In the panel, Kirkman reveals this this is why things have changed. What happened to the Federation didn't happen because the Federation collapsed in on itself because of disagreement or strife. That's not what happened. The Federation was strong as ever. Obviously, something cataclysmic went down that changed everything. Michelle Paradise also discussed how Cleveland broke space into the narrative of season three. If someone who was born in this new world that we come into, so while our hero has a perspective of 930 years ago when the Federation was strong, everyone knew what it was, he comes from this time that's very, very different. And so actually, book becomes a window in this new world for us. He becomes the kind of eyes through which we see everyday presence for those who are born into this future. And our heroes coming into it with completely different perspectives. It's really helpful way to make that jump in the future is to have an anchor for all of us and what David does with that character. Interesting. Interesting character to deal with. Interesting character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, what do you think about the, the burn? <laughs> Burn, baby. I think Eric's got some ideas about the burn. Yeah, I think, I mean, I actually heard a theory online today, and then I went and kind of tracked it down a little bit, and I actually ended up re-watching an episode of Voyager to kind of confirm what I was thinking, but it's, it's a pretty good theory. 
Um, and maybe you guys read about it today. There are a couple of yep. sites it was, it was floating around on. But it's the theory that season three has to do something about a catastrophe with omega particles. Now, Jim is not maybe purview to this because he didn't make it all the way through Voyager. But in season four, episode 21 of Voyager, there was an episode called uh, The Omega Directive. Uh, And in that episode, we learned that there is a molecule that the Borg discovered 229 years before that, particle 010, that basically provides like infinite energy. Like I think the way uh, Seven described it was that a small chain of these could power a civilization. And in that episode, you know, eventually we kind of get the Voyager um, going on a mission to destroy these omega particles that they have discovered. And and the big thing about omega particles, if you if you are not familiar with that episode, is that. Um, they have the ability to actually destroy subspace around them. So essentially, if you have a catastrophe with omega particles, the space for light years around those, like if one, if one atom of omega particles explodes and has a catastrophe, several light years of space around there, warp travel is impossible. So I think to myself, man, in that episode, in uh, the Omega Directive, the civilization that they find was able to like make a couple hundred million of these things. And of course, Janeway saves the day at the end of the road. But what if what if a catastrophe like that is what happens? What if space travel is now completely restricted in the future, and you you just can't warp between here and there because subspace is totally destroyed? That to me is the perfect well, playground for the spore drive to play in. Yeah, then you'd have to have a spore drive in order to do it. And who do we know that has one of those? No idea. Hmm. I wonder. That's my my favorite theory right now on the burn. It could also be Q. I mean, Q could have got pissed off, snapped his finger, and said, take that. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely could be. (laughs) Yeah, because Q got old, I guess, and he thought he's mad. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, is that the idea of these omega particles has actually been explored quite a bit outside of the shows. Like there have been multiple um, games, Star Trek Armada, Star Trek Online, Legacy, like a whole bunch of games that have actually dealt with the omega particle, just like the Iconians, how I was thoroughly convinced that in season two, we'd see Iconians. I'm thoroughly convinced we're going to see an omega particle now in season three. But I, it seems like a solid theory to me because you can imagine what would that do to the Federation if you could no longer travel between points? Um, that it would, would really uh, corrupt the civilization. Sure. It would. And, and pretty much all No more do communication, is, too, I would imagine. Because subspace communication is no longer possible. And so you contract in on yourself, and maybe there's seven worlds, and it takes at impulse power you know, however many months or years to get to Andoria, but you still have a relationship with the Andorians, uh, even though you can't get there quickly. And we talked about this on our quick trek too. We don't know the condition of the rest of the universe. We don't know about the Romulans. We don't know about the Klingons. We don't know about the Gorn. We don't know about the Tholians. Did this big, this, this burn affect everybody or was it contained to just the Federation? Yeah. We don't know. I mean, what's interesting is we do see in the trailers for Discovery, we see multiple races on the one planet. 
So we do know that there's at least some kind of, now we don't know if those people have been there for generations or, you know, or if they just traveled over from the adjacent system, but, but we mm-hmm. see Andorians and we see uh, humans and we see Morn's race uh, and, you know, a couple others. So. Wait, we yeah. see Morn's race? I missed well, that. I'll have to go back and look. <laughs> that's in one of those very yeah, first see. season three trailers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, we see a bunch of Morns running around. Well, Are they talking? <laughs> no, 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 they were, they were shooting, actually. Okay. <laughs> They're shooting some type of hand-held weapon thing. Okay. It looks like that weapon, weapon. That, yeah, it's that weapon that Booker uses in the new trailer, whatever okay. that thing is. Yeah, it's well, a whoop and we'll have to wait till the 15th. Yeah. But you know what, guys? <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, we have Star Trek Lower Deck. Don't hold us over <laughs> until we get to Star Trek Discovery Season 3. And this awesome trailer that we just saw. So that's cool. So we got that to keep us going. Yay. So listen, our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Uh, we're about to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 6, Terminal Provocateur. What did you guys say it was? Terminal Provocateur. What did you say? Provocateur, yeah. Provocateur. Um, We're going to talk about that right after this very quick commercial break. So don't touch your dial. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. What are you doing? Sometimes the hum warp engine sounds just soothe myself. I get it. It's like... Security to Deck 11. Something is very wrong down here. What do you think's in that cargo that has everyone so wound up? Oh, I hope it's old communicators. You know the original clamshell design? Shields up. Yellow alert. Our crew is ready and focused. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to get cheese out of bird? And we're back. We're talking about Star Trek Lower Decks. You just heard the trailer. Let's dive right in. It was on at midnight tonight, um, 3 o'clock my time, and I only had a chance to watch this one once because I had to prepare <laughs> for this show. I had to do Comic Corner. I had to do the Book Nook. I had to watch the Ready Room. I had to rip off the sound bites that we listened to tonight, so I didn't get a chance to watch it more than once. So I apologize if I don't have all the facts down and, then, and everything else, but let's dive right into it. So... You know, David's been pretty quiet. So let's let's start off with David. What did you think, David? I liked the beginning, you but can start it started turning out a little creepy towards the middle and end. Uh, it was just kind of disturbing at times. But honestly, I I don't know. I'm I definitely think the warp core definitely sounds like. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, overall, I I liked it. I, it was uh, it was definitely different, and it seems like every episode of Lower Deck seems to be different in almost every way because it, parts of it just keep surprising me. It's just it's weird. I don't know what it's really what to say about it, but <laughs> just weird. Yeah, this, yeah, this particular episode kind of creeped me out, though. <laughs> yeah, this one has some bad to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was. It, it was definitely different. That's for sure. Shannon, what, what did you think about it? I'm going to go with some of what you said, too, because, like, Badgie kind of freaked me out because, you know, we get the holodeck program that messes up. But the fact that at the very end, he's like, 
I'll always be here. I'm always here, whatever. I'm like, okay, that's creepy. I hope they never turn him on again. Planet Shannon, did you get the connection? Did you get the reference right away for Badgie and who he was supposed to be? No. He was. Do you remember the old Microsoft Word helper Clippy? Like that little oh paper clip that would come out and help you to do okay. things. I don't oh think. I think that's when I was overseas because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> this yeah. Microsoft Word. I was thinking clip, helper that well, would come out. Yeah, well, anyway, is, you have mail. Well, no, that one. <laughs> something, that was, something that was brought up in Ready Room, though, is another one that Clippy is portrayed, uh, uh, portrayed also by is Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, I heard that. Uh, yeah, that I can see. Too. I can see that, too. Uh, I definitely this, saw, saw Clippy. Yeah, this reference oh, definitely. Yeah, especially for a character that goes bad in the holodeck. <laughs> Moriarty definitely won. Yeah, in fact, I yeah, think I at one point Rutherford makes a reference to probably about ten different episodes. Yes. Where the holodeck. He's like, well, we can a da 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 or a da 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 or a da da da. And that was, it's so funny if you're a Trekkie, right? Because you listen and you know every single episode he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the poker well, game. I, yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. And I mean, I'll say this one had less of the kind of like constant references. And I mm-hmm. know where David's coming from in terms of it being just a little tiny bit creepy because um, in this episode, essentially, you got it's a holodeck goes bad episode, and so Clippy, mm-hmm. this little or excuse me, Badgie, this little helper <laughs> based on Clippy, um, goes crazy and goes crazy in such a way that he actually like kind of beats the crap out of Rutherford at one point. I know, I know, okay, he really beats the crap out of Rutherford, beats the crap out of him yeah. with something sharp in his shoulder, um, etc. So, you know. This is edginess that, and and people will say, well, Star Trek's not a, well, it is kind of edgy. I mean, uh, got yeah. plenty plenty of episodes that are edgy, but this one is like edgy in just a little bit of a different way. It it definitely has that kind of like two thousands cartoon flair to it, mm-hmm. which I which I personally am okay with because there's enough cool Star Trek references and enough things to keep me interested. You know, enough inside jokes. Um, <laughs> and, and I didn't, and there were a couple moments, so I, I watched this show with my uh, 11-year-old, and as she was watching, the whole time Clippy's beating up Rutherford, now I don't know if this is a statement on society or what, but she's laughing. She thought it was hilarious. So <laughs> I don't know what to think of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a cartoon, though. For kids, that's normally Bugs Bunny. The whole, I mean, that was pretty gr- graphic yeah. for us, too. Yeah. It was, and I well, think about, yeah, I mean, Bugs Bunny on, was pretty violent, right? <laughs> Didn't we laugh oh, yeah. at? Didn't we laugh at Tom when we were watching Tom and Jerry? Didn't we laugh at totally. Tom and Jerry back in the day? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. And I think this is just kind of I always felt bad for that coyote because he always got hurt. Yeah, they, they never caught the red runner. Wow. Yeah, the coyote, the coyote always got his butt kicked. And a rock. And dynamite <laughs> strapped onto a giant yep. rocket. 
Yeah, but that, that kind of cartoon wasn't as graphic as this one, though. I mean, to admit That's that true. there's actually body parts flying but, all over the place, you're like, whoa. You know, it's, it's just in how it's drawn, though, right? Because if you think about it, Looney Tunes shows things like people getting, um, you know, anvils actually dropped on their head and things that would absolutely kill a person. This one, the only difference is that, like, somebody's head gets ripped off instead. So there's a little bit more pink well, yeah, on the drawing, that. you know? <laughs> uh, um, but it, but this one actually, thing. yeah, this one reminded me of the adventure zone, which I would never, I saw one episode and I would not let my kids watch it because I thought it was so bad, like as far as the violence in it. Mm. So this is almost like that. Like I let my kids watch it now, but they're 16 and 19. I would not let them watch that episode <laughs> at like 10. Mm-hmm. Well, this episode, in my opinion, almost took a uh, left turn. <laughs> Almost. Like the burn. The thing that I did think were interesting, though, was I still thought that there was a really great interaction between Mariner and Boimler in this episode. And this whole idea of, um, oh, darn it, what's the other guy's name? Fletcher? Is that what it was? Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah. And Fletcher. So this whole idea that all of the lower decks people stick together and back each other up and, you know, are the, are the ones that like come to your aid when you screw something up royally and you've got to cover it up, which totally goes back to the original episode, lower decks, right? Yep. (laughs) So that part of this episode, I really liked because I felt that that was just a hearkening back to the whole origin of this concept for this show is that, you know, you back up your buddy no matter what, and then they find out in this episode that backing up your buddy no matter what, just like in that Lower Decks episode from uh, TNG, doesn't always turn out the right way, right? And it turns out Fletcher's yeah. a little bit crazy. <laughs> now, what did you guys think about the choo-choo dance and that whole <laughs> thing? I have no idea what that was referencing to. It wasn't was it was totally random, which I think was the point of it. It was like this cultural phenomenon that they were in love with that we have no reference for, right? Like they were yeah. so into yeah. it <laughs> and we have no reference for it. And so you just have to go along with the ride and not unlike somebody who doesn't like Star Trek, who watches an episode with you just kind of be like, well, I don't really understand what's going on, but they're having a good time. So I'm having a good That's time. That's true. Yeah. My best friend. <laughs> My best friend, when the new, like the card came out, she's like, "Do you like it?" She's like, "Yeah, that's all I need to know," because she doesn't really care about any of it, and she's not gonna, right. you know, she won't get any of it. Right. But it's my thing, and she's okay well, with it. That's kind of like it. That's all that matters. They got, right? Well, they got to the end of the, they got to the end of the concert. They were doing choo choo. At the end, they went choo choo choo. It's a big deal, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I like that and they have t-shirts and, made. And, yeah, Don't awesome. forget, Boimler made T-shirts too, so it like it was a big deal. <laughs> and he switched eight shifts to go to that. <laughs> yep, and he and Mariner shared that like love of whatever the heck that was right from the beginning. Right, they were both super excited about it right from the beginning. Which oh, I just yeah. they're becoming who was the uh, the sisters that, that reference name to the alien? Did that reference from Star Trek? Because I never heard of that before. Probably, but I I didn't I it sounded vaguely familiar, but that doesn't mean anything. It was fifty years of Star Trek. Uh, I only I watched it to the sisters in uh, Voyager. Mm-hmm. The Duras sisters, maybe I don't know. No, no. I don't yeah, know. sisters on Voyager. You mean the the ones that hair that Kim and um 
Oh crap! Yeah, yeah, the ones the, that they were always trying to date. The, the uh, Delaney sisters. Those are the Delaney, Delaney sisters. sisters. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, Can't believe I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And did you guys twins, notice that way. we finally get to see? Uh, we finally see the beta shift. Finally. Yes, I thought they yeah, existed. Yeah. The Delta shift. <laughs> the no, Delta that was a Delta right. shift. Yeah, they're in the beta. Oh, the Delta existed. shift. Yeah. <laughs> they just laid them on them. Actually, had a pilot iPad on. I know. And the one, the one. But did you? But they were at the Choo Choo concert too. They were. So. Yeah. So they couldn't sabotage that thing because they were there. Eh. Well, I love. Remember, he says the guy says when you when they threw the extra third shoe in, I got a tear in my eye, and I saw you crying too. They bonded. Funny stuff. What did you think about about the, the the they mentioned the Titan? They didn't mention Captain Riker though. No, well, but I don't I was think they needed to throw to. a Riker reference no. in there. Well, I don't no, think I like I would say Enterprise, and we know what it is. So you don't have to say, oh, you know. Well, and remember, it was, was it was it last episode or the episode before where the password. On the tab, on the, was on, Riker. the on the yeah. pad was Riker, and so <laughs> yep, that's the that's second time season. that they've kind of thrown a Riker slash Titan reference in. Mm-hmm. Poor boy, Larry. That was hey, about that, uh, I know. What do you think about <laughs> that ensign, though? Did, 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 he got promoted to lieutenant, and then he got demoted on the on, when he made it over to the Titan. Right. Well, what did you think about him? I actually thought uh, he was the guy who got ascended. <laughs> well, he I did too. Like him. <laughs> well, wait. Yeah, he I thought it was the same guy. Yeah. He, he, he descended. <laughs> no, but you know, I was going to make the mention. You know what character. Okay, let's do a trivia. He connected himself to a computer. Mm-hmm. What other character connected himself to the computer? Broccoli. No, broccoli. No, broccoli. 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 Did you just say broccoli? My favorite, my favorite vegetable, broccoli. But they talked about in the panel when we had, we said we're going to get a character that's a little bit like Reginald Barkley. There you go. Yeah, He's gone now, yeah. That's the one. He yeah. came and went. And I, <laughs> and I think he's got a little bit of Reginald in him. Now, I thought the end was funny, though, when they acted like they couldn't hear him. Like, oh, there's still cell phone connection issues? Yeah. He's playing around with us. Well, yeah. Yeah, Data, but Data's different. Data is just partially computer, so. <laughs> oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and um, what, what do you think about the about Lieutenant Jack wanting to blow up their warp core? He keeps saying that in every episode. <laughs> blow up their warp core. Yeah. I think he's a clink on that part. Finally says the captain says blow up their warp core, and he's like yes, yeah. and then he can't do it. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Well, he, he finally I, gets I, the order. He can't do anything. I was gonna say he that he the thing the cool thing that about him I think is that he's like other than uh, Major Kira, who's the only other kind of military minded Bajoran we've seen, and he is so gung ho, he's so over the top, and actually, 
perfect for a cartoon. Oh, right? Let me blow it up. Yeah. I've been good all month. <laughs> yeah. Please, please let me blow it up. I promise I won't ask again. And yet, and yet, and yet Captain Freeman always tries staying calm, always looking at the way to get out of get, get through a situation without fighting, without trying to start a fight. She's going to find a diplomatic position to get through it. She tried. I thought this, this episode, she did a great job of just sitting there, trying to sit there and finding the best way they could do it without without throwing a fight and trying to start a war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently evading damage is fighting, according to the other culture. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, did anybody no, I, else Google NCC 502 and see if they could yeah. find anything? No, because I just finished watching right before <laughs> yeah. I came on here, so I did not do that yet. So, yeah, what is that I don't know. Well, I didn't find anything in Prime Canon. I mean, there's on Memory Beta, there's an entry for a ship called the USS yeah. Darius. Um, so maybe it's in reference to that. I mean, it kind of has that general sort of reliant look where it's got the nacelles underneath it, but without mm-hmm. the um, the little pod that goes across the top of the reliant. So yeah, maybe maybe they were kind of it looks like it's a single. It's sort of a single nacelle type ship. Oh, is that what it is? Like the Kelvin? Instead yeah. of dual nacelles, it's got the one underneath. One underneath. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So older. Who leaves trash around for a hundred years? That's what I want to know. Well, you know, if it's just out there, I mean, it does seem like the Federation would have known that it was destroyed and would have cleaned it up, but you know. I'll let it go. <laughs> oh, yeah. so what about we when the, uh, so we can't let them have 100-year-old Federation technology? Was that the issue? I yeah, I mean, yeah. Probably, uh, basically. <laughs> when, when the aliens happen. Oh, happened, the clamshell uh, communicators. Oh, let's find those. That was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, wife, my wife was walking by at the part where they were where, – where the Freeman was talking to the captain, and the captain of the alien vessel says, fuck you and your Federation. <laughs> And my wife stopped. Did he just swear? I said, "Yeah," but they bleeped it out. It totally did. (laughs) My wife's like, "Yeah, but there definitely was a lot of swear words in this one." You didn't actually hear what you think you thought you heard because they bleeped it. (laughs) but I heard it. (laughs) We all know what he said. It's fine. That's the best part about the swears is when they're bleeped, it they're funnier, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then now last week what? Yeah. When when they're down in the in the uh, uh, kitchen there, when they're talking about the choo choo thing and and uh, uh, <laughs> Doctor uh, Doctor Pulaski there uh, gets covered in cheese and he says, "Damn it! You know how hard it is to get cheese out of fur like, in a oh sonic shower." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just laughing, laughing, laughing. <laughs> what what, what yeah. happened to her tail? I don't know. They got kind of dirty. Uh, the backstory what, for that. That's a season. Two, that's a season two topic. I believe that's like, part of. I mean, we got to wait a whole. <laughs> she she got amputated or. Like it grew back. No, no. Oh, like she, maybe it's just underneath her clothing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. Maybe she's got it tucked underneath there. Interesting. See, these are the things I think. I just about thought it was. Like, you know, I, these are the things. Well, I mean, we've only seen one other cat person, so maybe the different 
species of cat people have long tails and other ones don't. Yeah, yeah. I could be. Yeah. I just thought it was a little yeah. awkward when the uh, security guard, uh, or the security guy, picked a cat up and kissed her. <laughs> it's like, whoa. That did yeah, seem that a little weird. That, yeah, that turned me. To, that actually made me go, what? Like, what's? I had to kind of rewind and watch that a couple of times. So yeah, Stax goes <laughs> and actually hugs her and like appears to give her a a a more than platonic kiss on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I mean we don't know, guys. Maybe they're in a relationship. Maybe yeah, that they could whole, be. like I mean he's pretty grumpy, she's pretty grumpy. <laughs> that could work. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We learn by listening to this podcast. These are things that people just ponder at home and think to themselves, well, I'm crazy. No one else thinks that. Well, guess what? <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw the preview for um, Discovery, though, one of my first thoughts, well, when we talk about the cat, was like, our cat is only part Maine Coon, so he's only 15 pounds. So, see, he's tiny because he's, mm. you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean those are those are. I mean this one that's gonna be on the show is only eighteen pounds, but I understand Maine Coons can get up to the like twenty five, twenty eight. Well, like, they can like yeah. cold, they can they can be really yeah. Good. At the at the most, ours can only be half Maine Coon because we have part of the other rest of the litter and they're not. But I don't mm-hmm. know if he's half Maine Coon or quarter Maine Coon because yeah, he's small for Maine Coon, but I think fifteen pounds is, is a pretty big cat myself. But it is a big cat. Yeah, I oh, gotta well. be careful when I'm talking here because because AJ is 11 pounds. Where is he lurking? Uh, AJ is 11 uh, pounds. So when he throws himself on me, you guys hear it on the radio. And yeah, I'm looking around. He's probably he's trying to hide all of your nachos. <laughs> I bet you he is. But out of his you part. never know what he's doing. <laughs> he's crazy <laughs> that cat. <laughs> I, I don't know why I. I am just completely in love with Tana, the vacation doctor, because um, the grumpiness level mm-hmm. there, I find so charming. I just want to like <laughs> hang out and like have a beer with yeah. her, you know? <laughs> yeah, so is this doctor going to be the new grumpy Pearl. cat? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Dr. Perlowski. <laughs> I didn't think about that. The show has a grumpy cat. <laughs> <laughs> See? This is why we talk to each other. So you can find out stuff like Well, you know what? Maybe oh, great. We got, the, we got the new meme for Star Trek. Yeah. Grumpy, grumpy doctor. Quick, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so before we run out of time, guys, let's go around the room and give our final scores of this uh, episode. And we'll start off with we'll start off with the lady in the house. We'll start off with Shannon. Uh, maybe you can go first. Thank you. Um, I'm only going to... I, even though I found I did find parts of it very entertaining, I'm only giving it a six because it kind of creeped me out. <laughs> a six, all right, that's fair, that's cool, mm-hmm. that's cool. How about you, David? Um, I'm probably gonna have to agree with Shannon this time, but since it really creeped me out, I'm probably gonna give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going down. It was really good in the very we're beginning. It, yeah, it was really good in the very beginning, but right yeah. when they started that whole badgy. I was just like, whoa, this is not going to be good. <laughs> uh oh. Burn, baby, burn. We're crashing and burning. <laughs> Charles, how about you? I'm going to give it about an eight and a half. I wasn't as creeped out about it. I thought this episode had so much great stuff in it. 
I think they did another great job with this one. Yeah. And Eric, what do you think? Uh, well, I really despised Moist Vessel from a couple weeks ago, so <laughs> this one I'm going to rate higher than that one. So I'm going to go with a – I'll go seven and a half on this one. It was not great, but I enjoyed it. I recognized the creepy factor. Did not creep me out, but, yeah, there was some creep in there. No question. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Uh, you know what? This was not my favorite. I, I felt that this one this – one, this one had some of the humor, but, but – uh, not as much as last week's episode. And, right. you know, I only saw this one once, so I have to go back and watch it again. But I think I'm right there with Eric. I'm a, I'm right around a 7, 7.3 maybe. You know, <laughs> it, it wasn't my favorite, but it wasn't, you know, you know, it wasn't a crash and burn for me. But that's, that's wasn't about, honor. you know, where I would put it. No, yeah, seven point three. Well, no, definitely. It, it wasn't. It, it wasn't even like the second or third episode of this series, which were really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I think the second episode is still my yeah. very far favorite. Yeah, that was that was really good. Yeah, it's my mm-hmm. favorite so far. Well, they always yeah, well, have a bad one on. somewhere. So this, this can be the bad one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, I I do have, as I told you guys at the top of the show, I did go back and rip the coming attractions for next week's episode so uh, before we say goodnight I want to play for you guys the trailer for next week's episode which we're going to talk about next week this is episode 7 of Star Trek Lower Decks there we go what does that even mean? you know I hand edited all six cinnamon roll. I'm trying to make this transporter go faster, but nobody's going to help me test it. Ooh, I'll do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, oh, man, I thought I solved this. Dude, what is wrong with you? Nothing. I'm just phasing. No biggie. Disagree. It's kind of a biggie. So that's next week's episode. We'll talk about it. We'll break it down and share our insights on next week's episode of Trek Talking and Beyond. So I want to say thank you to David for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you very much, David. You're welcome. I was happy. I'm happy to be here. It's, it's always fun to have fans hang out and chat with us. And also thank you very much to Shannon from Kentucky for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you, Shannon. Great to have you along. Always fun to talk to you guys. It's always fun to have always you. Always fun to hear from Yes, it is. And, of course, my right-hand guys. Charles, thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight, Charles. Oh, love talking truck. We just had so much to talk about. I think we got to go into a part two next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we, we, I think that we can carry some of the stuff over the next week uh, because some of the stuff is wasn't time sensitive or dated. I wanted to get you know the newer stuff on tonight, but yeah, we can definitely yeah. carry over Star Trek Day into next week's episode. Not a problem. In fact. I bet you I can go back and get those clips that you wanted as well. Yeah. So, you know, you can tell me the clips that you wanted, and I'll, I will actually go and rip them for you so we can actually talk about them. So, And also thank you to Eric for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you very much, Eric. You bet. Always a pleasure, and great to have Shannon and David on tonight. Thanks. Oh, thanks. It's always fun when we hear from our fans. And I, I want to let you guys know, that you can tune in on Sunday night 
for Stunt Treks with myself and the Leslie Hoffman. Uh, I haven't talked to Leslie, so I'm not sure what our topic is going to be. Uh, we'll probably talk about Planet of the Apes. We always do. But, um, yeah, tune in on Sunday night and see what we're going to be talking about. Uh, you also want to keep your eye out for Book Milk and Comic Corner. They're, they're coming up right around the corner. You can find all information for those posted on our Facebook page at Trek Talking and Beyond. So please check that out. And uh, I think that's about it. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys listening around the globe. We really appreciate your support. You guys are awesome. Star Trek fans are the best fans, you guys. You guys have heard me say that. you got to believe it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Very, very true. And, of course, I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim. I want to say be good to each other. Stay safe. And make sure you tune in for next week's episode of Trek Talk and, and Beyond. Good night, everybody. Hailing frequently. Good night, y'all. Bye. Bye. Live long and prosper. Can we go already? Yes, fine. Engage.